Alrighty, we can start sort of uh, focusing and I'll draw you to the front. Be harder said than done, I think. You put coffee and tea out and food. Everybody's like, ah. Okay, guys, grab your attention. Are we ready? <laughs> Are you really ready? Like, who is presently present this morning? Good, that means you won't be focusing on coffee, tea, and lovely square things in front of you. You'll be looking at me. Because <laughs> you're about to get real food, real mana from above. Cool? Who wants to come and pray? Before we get underway, who wants to come and pray that God's going to open up the ears and the eyes of our hearts to hear and see? Come on, we do this together. This is about active participation. All righty. Father, we just thank you that um, your desire is for oneness. Father, I thank you that earlier today, Chris prayed um, about the simplicity of the gospel and as he did that, I just heard, I love you. That's the simplicity of the gospel, Lord. I pray we have ears to hear and eyes to see and heart to receive, Lord, all that that means. That we may know who you are and therefore we know who we are, your kind. Amen. Amen. Thanks, bro. So if you're with us for the first time, uh, you might be wondering why there's this white canvas behind me. And the reason for the canvas is this is the eternal picture or plan of God for the body of Christ. And I said last week, it's going to stay blank because it's in the unseen realm. And God has given us the Holy Spirit to see the unseen realm. And over the next two and a half months, I'm going to be describing and releasing with a whole lot of other people the fragrance of the big picture. And I'm hoping that you guys are going to be able to paint what you're hearing, what you're seeing. At the end of our time together, we could all come and bring our pictures and line them up. And what has come from the unseen would actually have something in the scene. And they would be the same. Because God does not have 10 big pictures. He does not have 10 big goals. He has one. And we need to be a people who know the God who is one, not 10. We need to know the God who says, the purpose and plans that I have for you not to harm you is for a nation, not an individual. It's not for you. It's for a nation, and this big God says that you have been chosen to be part of the commonwealth of Israel. No longer Jew, no longer Gentile, but a people of spirit who are Israel, of a commonwealth of Israel, who have left your former lives and been grafted into something that was predetermined before the foundations of the earth. And as those people, you need to know the big picture. You need to know the macro plan that I have for you as your father, as the lover of your soul. And to not know it means you can't live for it, and you will live for yourself and define your own life. I will still love you, I will cover you, but I want you to know 
my big picture. I want you to know my big plan. I want you to know when I said those words in Jeremiah 29, 11, that I was not talking to you, Greg, as an individual. I was addressing a nation. And as a nation, as a family, I have plans for you not to harm you. Do you know what they are? Okay. So over this time, what I'm really believing and hoping for That's my wife, that sounded really funny. Is you would turn and ask, seek, and knock. That's a bonus if you see this painting. But to see the painting, you've got to turn. You've got to repent. Not of bad stuff you're doing, of a mindset that you don't yet have that sees. So if you don't yet have a mindset that sees, you have to turn and seek the Holy Spirit who wants to engrave and write this on your heart and mind. Not through study, not through studying Hebrew and Greek, but through knowing Jesus Christ himself. Cool? So this is this amazing journey we're on, and we get this opportunity to know it and know it now. So if you've got your notes, if you want to grab your notes, because we're going to sit here. Has anyone not got one of you with us for the first time today? Have we got, can we get some spare copies of these? We've got spares somewhere. It's awesome. Just keep your hand up. Yeah, but just, there are spare copies. So just keep your hand up till you get one. It is on our website too, guys. So if you are a rock member, maybe pass yours over. But there are spare ones at the info counter. No more? All right, that's how hungry we are here. It's good. If you do have a phone, it is on our website, just www.therock.org.nz. And if you just click on the toolbar, Resources, Track Down, you'll see the big picture. Okay, the very first line says this, Revelation 1.19. I just want to just very quickly just address this. Therefore, write the things which you have seen. You have a document in front of you of everything the Holy Spirit has shown me, and I wrote it down. Did you hear that? You have a document in front of you that the Holy Spirit has shown me, who told me to write it down. So I and John are one with what I've seen in here. Everything you're coming to, I have seen it in the Spirit. I wrote it down for you. Bird's eye view, God said to me, write down what I'm showing you, put it in a book, and so the church can eat it. Bird's eye view, this is just a reflection of this. So what you're getting is my testimony, for grace has rewrote my story, and this is changing me, and is continuing to change me, and it's the revelation that the Holy Spirit has given me, which is just all out of here. So these things are one and the same thing, are they not? Revelation 1.19, is it in there? So all I've done is write down what he showed me in a sequencing consecutive pattern so hopefully we can track it precept by precept, line upon line. So God says to John, or the Spirit says to John, write down, John, what I am showing you. 
You and I cannot understand any of this until he shows you. Is that good or bad news for you? Hope it's good news. Gets a bit frustrating though if you're trying to learn it. If you're trying, it gets quite frustrating. See, the chasm is too wide for you. You can't learn this stuff. You receive the stuff. That's how you know it. You don't attempt to understand the apostolic word. You receive it through the impartation of the Spirit. Then you understand it. See how back to front that is from the kingdom of the world? It's the complete operating system. It's not close. So when you think about the mind, God's version of the mind is not man's version of the mind. Okay? The human mind is to be what? Through what? Transformed by the... Can you renew your own mind? Right. Can we settle that? Can we settle that once and for good? Okay? Hear me in the Spirit. You cannot renew your own mind by reading this through you. You need the illumination of the Holy Spirit, the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit to take Jesus Christ, the Word, and reveal it and impart it into your heart and mind. Jeremiah said God is going to write this on your heart and mind. He's going to write it, not you. He is which means we need to know him, don't we? So if you are a faithful follower of Jesus, baptized in the Holy Spirit, where does the Holy Spirit live? In you. So his role is to write and engrave his Father's truth on your heart and mind. What happens if that happens? You just live a Christian life. And you know this because you see this because he teaches you this and you live it out. Because you've got the power of revelation, which is the only way to know Jesus Christ, is it not? Jesus said, I am the only one who knows my Father. Did he not say those words? The only one that's seen my Father's face is who? Me. And my Father is the only one who knows me and to whom I choose to reveal the Father. Can you see why Philip had no shot at knowing who Jesus really was when he said, the Father and I are one, and he said, show us the Father. His response is a fleshly one because he hasn't yet filled with the Holy Spirit who's going to show him who they really are. Even though the stands in front of you called the Messiah, they couldn't hear him or see him. It's no different today. No different today. You have to hear and see what is in the unseen, even though it stands right in front of you sharing a reality. So don't even try to understand it. Hear to receive it through the power. Do you see why prayer is the essential element of this? Holy Spirit, reveal what I'm hearing so I can see it. Yes? Beautiful. Okay. Context for their scriptures. The context for the scriptures is a marriage covenant. This needs to be, must be revealed for us to grab any of this and understand what we've been saying for the last 11 years. Paul said, the greatest mystery in the kingdom is the covenant between Jesus and who? His church. So the greatest mystery out of all the mysteries, how many mysteries were there? 
How many promises are there in Christ? It's unlimited. So the greatest of all the mysteries that are in the kingdom, in the one of the kingdom, is the marriage covenant between me and my church. If you don't understand the marriage covenant, you won't live out the marriage covenant. This will not make sense to you, but if you hear and receive by revelation the marriage covenant, everything makes sense. You see why function is not number one in God and fellowship is. You understand why the greatest of the commandments of 613 and 10 gets narrowed down to two, and upon these the whole thing hangs. You start to realize, oh my goodness, am I out of covenant? Am I in covenant? And if I'm in covenant, am I living in accordance to covenant? Because covenant has conditions. And based on those conditions, I am either faithful or not. But it doesn't mean the one of covenant's not loving me in my unfaithfulness. It means I'm unfaithful. So what do you do? What do you call it with an unfaithful bride? What's she called? An adulteress. But she's being loved in her adultery. Hear me, I'm talking spiritual adultery because this is a spiritual kingdom, not a fleshly one. Even though I'm in a flesh suit, flesh suit and it comes out, I've got to understand the spiritual kingdom and live from, not towards, from the spiritual kingdom. So I'm living a spiritual life while I'm in a flesh suit, while I'm on a fleshly earth. And it's preparing me for this earth and the age to come. And if I don't know this stuff, I ain't going to live for it full stop. I can only live for what I know. That's why they crucified him, isn't it? Because they didn't know what they were doing. And the father knew they didn't know what they were doing. And what he did? He covered it. Do you realize how much you are being covered? Like, do you really realize how much you're being covered? I hope you do, because it will propel you into Christ. If you fully grasp the mercy of God and how he has to cover the entirety of mankind for mankind to have any chance of knowing any of the stuff we're talking about, if he removes his covering, which he will never do, we're all lost. In view of that, forget about you. Forget about you and lay you down so you can know the creator of the universe and who you really are and his plans and his purposes and his big picture because anything less than that and you won't. You cannot, guys, enter this unless you lose you. The prerequisite is loss of the old life. Then a renewing of the mind to bring us into what has always been before the foundations of the earth, his purpose and his plan. And the context for these is a covenant. They point towards it. So if you don't have that, when you read it, you create your own context. And it can still be in God, but it's not the whole counsel of God. So you read this and you go, it's all about reaching the lost. Is that in there? Yes. It's all about signs and wonders. Is that in there? It's all about me discovering my individual plan. That's not in there. We've created that through not being able to read it properly. But that one flies in the kingdom of flesh. Man, that one is so attractive to the flesh. Because what does it remind you of? Me. 
it's all about me, Anne. Oh, man, it's so about me. Thank you, Jesus. you got a great deal when you got this guy because you're just confirming everything I've always believed. <laughs> it's about me. And there's part truth to that. Yeah, it is, once you've died. It's about discovering who you were before, not who you really are now. But see, the context is a covenant. And the Scriptures point. Don't make the Scriptures your beginning. Jesus Christ is your beginning. But the Scriptures point to the beginning one. And when you get to know the one of the beginning, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word is in you. All of a sudden, this whole other dimension that's in Christ, it's not outside of Christ. It's not Jesus and, it's Jesus Christ. Everything in the Christ Every promise that is yes and amen that Paul wrote about in Corinthians is in the Christ. When you enter into the Christ and the Christ is into you, all of a sudden you see his heart for his church. You see his purpose for his church. And you drop you and you turn and you leg it like Usain Bolt. Into where? Him. And you're like, what is this life? But it's in here. You look exactly the same as every other person. You have two arms, two legs, a head, a mouth. You say, but in here, you are a different kind. A different kind. But you're of the same family. Can you hear that? How many went into the promised land? Spies. How many actually came out with a report that was kingdom? Two. And you know what happened to everyone else? Hey, what happened to them? They never entered into what was what? Given. It's given. You don't build the systems. You don't build the cities. You don't plant the grapes. I've done it all All you do is leave you and lose you and run into me. And then when you run into me, you run into joy, which is a city you didn't build. You run into the vineyard, which is what? Love that you didn't dig. You run into the life you are promised. It is all a picture from old to new, new to old. It is one story. This is not new, this is old, but it may be new for you if you haven't yet heard or received it. But it has been in place for 6,000 years and more because it's been in place before it ever began. This is incredible good news. This is the real gospel right here. You're getting the whole deal, not just a little crumb. You're going to get the whole and there's more. But do not try and get your head around this. Do not, hear me, stop. Do not try to understand this intellectually. Your head will implode. Trust me. How do you know that, Greg? Been there, done that, got the certificate. (laughs) I'm testifying to you, don't do it as a loving brother I'm trying to save you pain, frustration, disillusionment, heartache, quitting, giving up. Can you hear that? Okay. Woo! 
2 Peter 3. Let's go there. Sorry, boys, it's not on the notes. <laughs> He's too big, man. Although it's all him, 2 Peter. He's 2 Peter 3. Man, I'm going to read this fast. This is amazing. Context, new heaven, new earth. 2 Peter 3.10. A new heaven, new earth. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, which is what? When he returns. It's going to come like a thief, which means, are you ready? Because the one that wasn't ready, the thief broke in and nicked all his gear. Isn't that right? So I hope you're ready, because he's coming like a thief in the night. We are not to be found out when he turns up. Okay? in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat. Woo! You don't want to be living with this earth, do you? What's happening to this earth? It's getting destroyed. What happens if you're anchored to this earth and it gets destroyed? Do you go with it? Mm Mm-hmm. Where are your foundations, guys? In Christ or in this earth? Have a look at your priorities and they'll tell you. Have a look at what you're passionate about. Have a look where you spend all your time and you will know where your foundations are. Okay? Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, listen to this. What sort of people ought you to be? Knowing that this is all perishing, what sort of people are my people? There's a question, isn't there? I didn't ask it, he did. Don't make this about me, I'm just the messenger. Make it about God, take up your stuff with God and he will sort you out. Like he sorted me out. And he puts you back the right way up and then you live and it's awesome. So what sort of people are you to be in holy conduct and godliness? We're going to look at that today. Because the Bible says godliness is profitable for this life and the life to come. Are you aware there's a life to come? That you have a role in, and it's not this. On a cloud. That's pretty good, eh? It ain't that. It's ruling over cities. It's governing with Christ, the millennial family. It's called being his bride because you were destined for a marriage covenant and the scriptures foretold it all. The whole purpose of God, not just this earthly purpose, which is about trying to get people out of hell, which is part of the plan, but it's only that big in a big plan like that. But the problem with us, we've reduced that to that. And that's all most people know. Is that all you know? Like, do you know what godliness is? That's going to be a question today at the table. See, what kind, what sort of kinds of people are we to be knowing the earth is perishing? How wise is it as that type of person to anchor yourself into an earth that's perishing and to make that your priority and our physical lives and everything that comes with that? Because what I'm talking about is not just the earth, I'm talking about our lives. So to make physical bloodline greater than spiritual bloodline is to be anchored to the earth. To prioritize your physical family and make that number one is to be anchored to the earth. 
Jesus said what? You are not my brother. You are not my mother. He's looking at his bloodline going, you're not it. How offensive is that to the flesh? Jesus is the only one and the Father that knows what's going on in that scenario. Everyone else is getting rather upset. Why? Because they're yet to be of the Spirit. That is not offensive to one in the Spirit. What I just said is not offensive if you're in the Spirit. It's only offensive if you're in the flesh. Spirit and Spirit get on real well. Flesh and Spirit, that's like putting Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson in a ring, and we know who's winning that one every time, eh, Lennox? The Brit. And he did. That's what it's like. So if we're offended, you have to ask yourself, why am I get offended when this is what this says? The line Jesus, Jesus came from was of an order called what? Which was a genealogy of what? And he had no what? You getting the picture? No mother or father. It's not of the flesh. Was he of Joseph? No, he wasn't. How did he get into Mary? Through the natural way? No. Through what? So if you're in the spirit, you don't get offended by that because you're of that kind. So how have you been conceived? Jesus was conceived by what? The word of God, who he was, and the spirit. Creation came into being through what? The word being spoken, the Holy Spirit hovering, bingo. How have you been conceived? Through your mum and dad getting it on. Bless them. We wouldn't be here if they never got it on. It's okay to talk about that, isn't it? You're the outcome of your mum and dad getting it on. So are your kids. This is how it all works, but there's a problem. We are of the image of who before Christ? Adam. And Adam is a fallen image, is he not? So he gave birth to Seth, but Seth was fallen. Welcome to the fallen club. Who's the odd one out in that equation? No, Jesus is not the odd one out. We are. The word, how was creation created? Start again. Through the word. How was Jesus birthed? Through the word. How were you birthed? Through your mum and dad. Flesh. You and I are the odd ones out. So we've got to get born again through the power of the Spirit. And it disconnects you from your natural family, the natural line. What for? To get to know your father, your real father, your real brothers and sisters who also got disconnected and left all that behind because it wasn't a priority and a passion anymore. Hear me, still love it, still want to believe for it and hope they all join you. But you leave them for the pursuit of him, find him, turn around, come back and say, yo, found the greatest deal on the planet. We're all in our flesh. Let's leave right now. Let's go. And they left immediately. Are you hearing me? This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This is what it really, really, really means. This is why he says count the cost. Can I go bury my dead? Nah. Can I just go and nah? Can I just know? Because you will never follow. It's an excuse. 
See it as what it is. It's an excuse to keep you and you, and it's killing you. It's binding you. That's why he says hate. And it means not love more. But he uses words like hate to get us through our thick heads who are actually caught in adultery, loving those people more than our groom. And he has to say it that sharp and that strong to awaken us out of us. And he's telling you what sort, kind of people are you ought to be. So by the time I come back, will I find what? A people of. Because you're a kind of people. You figured this out with the Spirit. Do you know when the the enemy tried to tempt Jesus into giving him the kingdoms? Do you really believe that was a temptation to Jesus? Why not? And what did Jesus know about the kingdoms that the enemy was trying to give him? They were temporal, they're perishing. Well, that's a great deal. I give you it. Well, Adam gave it to you when he didn't know his authority. I've come to redeem it. But the thing you're giving me is perishing. I came to establish my own kingdom, Satan. There was zero temptation in that. Why? Because Jesus knows who he is. He is of this kind. Are you, are, his, are you of his kind? Am I? He goes on. Listen to, check this out. Holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Hastening means to quicken. In prayer, are we quickening in prayer the coming of the Lord? Looking forward to it. What is he coming back with? Why would you look forward to the end of the world? Reward. He's coming for his who? And she's going to be a kind of people who have lived like what? Was he faithful and obedient to the Father? Are you? Am I? You've got to get real and honest. And this is what love, love covers us today. This is why we need to cover one another in our flesh. This is why we need to be honest and real. Because if love's not there, we hide. Yes, not really. But I'm so scared to say it and be honest and get my cards on the table. I'm so scared to be authentic. But that kills you. It absolutely kills you because you're lying to you. It's okay to go like this. I've got no clue. Like none. I don't even know him. I've been brought up in a Christian home and I have no idea who he is. Look, I've heard stories about him. I've read books. I've attended Sunday school and we've sung all those nice songs. But I have not got a clue who Jesus is. And I certainly have no idea what he's talking about. And that is what qualifies you to know him. Because until you get to that place, if that is you, you're actually in pride and you're in fear and you're getting found out by everyone else but you. Do you think God doesn't know that? Do you think he gave his son for you to stay in that? 
No, he said, I've given you my son to cover you and all your sins so I can clean you up. If you continue to cover over what I've uncovered, how's that going to work? It ain't, and you ain't going to know anything. So can we just settle that too and get real here and get out of forms of godliness and into godliness? Because godliness is profitable not only for this life, but the life to come. Which means if I'm in a form of godliness playing, you can kiss the life to come behind. I'm still in God, but I ain't going to be part of that. Your life is telling you where you're at. The problem is we're blinded. And so we need the Spirit of God to come and show us. It's the only way it works. But He does send people to help us see our true state. Does He not? And so we have to realize and recognize, guys, spiritually, where we are really at. Because until we really know, how can you turn and ask for what you don't know. The church at Laodicea told Jesus Christ after Jesus took the time to send the Spirit to John to write out what he saw when, no, we're not. Is that true? You tell me, and then you, I say to you, church, this is your state, you turn around and go, no, it ain't. Tell me pride's not living in that heart. Tell me the demonic flesh is not still living in that heart. If God turns up and says, Greg Simnor, I know all things. I know your true state. I know you don't know the big picture. I know you've got no clue. If Greg Simnor turns around and says, yes, I do. Let me tell you what I know. Like, for real? That goes on. It goes on. And it goes on because we don't know him, and we don't recognize him, and we don't also recognize the ones he sends. And so there can't be any honor. Do you know the Bible says there is no honor where there is humility? Sorry, where there's not humility. So for there to be true biblical honor, there must be spirit-led humility, not Natural humility. See, natural humility is not washing people's feet. You can, sorry, you can do all that, and that, you're not in spirit-led humility. Spirit humility is of the spirit, which means there must be a transaction of death to flesh and life to spirit for you to be humble in spirit, to then honor the one God sends. You can't be full of pride and not honor God. But if you're full of pride, you won't honor God. You'll honor you, because you can't see it's how it works. And this is why you need to know the Scriptures, because all I'm quoting is the Scriptures. Go read Proverbs. It's everywhere. Okay? He goes on, he says, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will be melt with intense heat. So the heavens are going to be destroyed and the earth. Cool? Why? Because there's a new heaven and a new earth. Yeah? Already been created, yeah? 
Waiting for what? Us. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Waiting for you. What kind of people are you going to be knowing that? But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. Are you looking? Where are you looking? Where are your eyes, guys? Where are my eyes? Am I looking for the promise towards the new heaven and the earth? And have I seen it? What happens if I see it? What happens if I get a glimpse of the city Abraham saw? What do you think happens? Well, look at Abraham, and he'll tell you. Like, have you seen it? I could paint it right now. But it comes from the unseen into your scene, but you need to see it from the unseen to get it. Not just mentally grasp it, because I'm drawing it, and go, oh, yeah, I see it now. No, 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 I'm not talking about natural sight. I can put up my picture there, and you still won't see it. Remember, we don't live by that sight, do we? 2 Corinthians 5, 14, yes? We don't live by natural sight. We live by faith. So what I'm saying to you guys is, if you've heard what I've said over 11 years, the way the Bible says you're here, you'll know my picture. Because everything that's been spoken has come from the unseen. But we're people who hear the unseen, see the unseen, because we're a people of faith, and faith sees the unseen. So what are you saying, Greg? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you right now if you can't see my picture? <laughs> Do you hear what Ryan said? Wake up. See, if I tell you what I know he's about to say, you'll get offended at me. You'll get very upset with me if I tell you what I know he wants to say, but when he says it to you, it's different. Because God's speaking to you, not Greg. But can you hear God in Greg? Because I'm one with God. Because my life is hidden in God. Because I'm in Colossians 3 verse 4. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 to 14. The word of God came out of a man, and the Thessalonians believed it, accepted it, received it, and it performed a work in them, but it came out of a man. Do you know that's to be you and I? So the word of God is to come out of you, so people either get offended with you or love you. The Bible says if, you're in a form, if you live in godliness, that'll be happening, and you will not be liked by certain people. So the evidence of godliness is persecution. If you're not being persecuted, you might want to check if you're in a form of godliness. All I'm doing is relaying his word. The purpose of that would be to what? It's getting hot in here. Don't take off your clothes. As that came out of my mouth, I said, that is the wrong song. But on one aspect, it's not, because he wants to uncover you to cover you. Wow, that was a good response right there, eh? (laughs) Want to see my dance moves too? (laughs) I love that, eh? Hey, Chardonnay, do you want to see my Michael Jackson dance moves? Uh, Anytime I hear it, I just laugh. That's the best line. Listen to this in verse 14. Therefore, beloved, since you look for the things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless, and regard the patience of the Lord as salvation, just just as also our beloved brother Paul, 
according to the wisdom given him. Saul was running around trying to figure it all out. Paul was given. Look at the difference between you trying to figure it out and then being given when you look at Saul and Paul. Okay? According to the wisdom given him, wrote to you, as also in all his letters, speaking in them of things in which are some things hard to... <laughs> Why do you think it's hard to understand? Because he ain't speaking in your language. He's speaking from the spiritual realm that he's been shown. I love it. Which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the scriptures to their own destruction. How do you get your knowledge? Where do you get it from? Where have I got it from? Flesh and blood cannot reveal this to you. That's how you distort the scriptures. Because you are trying to come to know God through you, flesh and blood. Or you listen to someone else who is, and so it's flesh and blood teaching flesh and blood, wrapped up as scriptures, but no life. You then hear that in the mind, the flesh, and go, yes, because you understand it. But you can't imitate, and you don't actually understand it. But what do you do? You think you do. Why? Because you've grasped an intellectual concept which you think is the knowledge he's talking about. It's not. And the deception is it may be technically correct, but it's not the knowledge that Paul received that enabled him to live like Christ. See? So if I say to you, if you think you know God and you can't keep the commandment, which is loving like Jesus, what does the Bible say we are? Ooh. Ooh. That's offensive. You just told me I'm a liar. No, I didn't. God did. Who are you lying to? Yourself. You are hoodwinking you. You don't hoodwink God. God knows all things. It's like the Laodicean who went, no, we're not. And God's going, you are. We can play this game as much as you want. <laughs> I'm outside of time. You're not. I can play it till the cows come home. I created them too, and I know when they're coming home. <laughs> and they're taking a while. See? And there's nothing more beautiful than God showing you where you're really at. Why, Greg? Because then you can turn and receive what is for you. You're no longer opposing what's for you and I. Which means then we can get on board with being the nation that he has plans for, called the Commonwealth of Israel. Not a land. It's you and me. And an Israelite people of the Spirit, who God is raising up to what? Reign. We're the grafted in 
ones. Are you a branch that's grafted into the vine that's having much fruit being produced through you, not in you and through you? Like you're not trying to produce the fruit, yeah? But you're the recipient of it. Which means you can lose you for others. Isn't that what we're commanded to do? It's what it says in my Bible, which is his book. But these things are hard to understand because this guy, Paul, man, man, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You start realizing it's outside of my ability to understand what I'm reading because unless I get the man's testimony, I have no idea what he's talking about. So I'm not even going to try to understand what he's talking about. Hear me? There's nothing wrong with understanding or figuring out where his journey was. Well, he left here and he went there and he went there and he went there. And he, that's cool. But that's not the eternal food that Jesus Christ gives you. That's just information about a man who physically traveled from A to B. What you need is the man's testimony. This is my testimony from death to life. Because Greece rewrote my story. Where does the Holy Spirit write? And what is grace? Power. How did God write on the Ten Commandments? What covenant are you in again? A marriage covenant? So God, Holy Spirit, power, writes. What does He write on your heart? Himself. He is the commandment. He is eternal life. What's the role of the Holy Spirit? 2 Corinthians 3. You once had a heart of. Now you've got a heart of. So he's going to take the commandments with only two. And he's going to engrave them through power on your heart. What do you think you can do if he engraves his commandments on your heart? Keep the commandments. So you're no longer a what? Liar. Number one starting point as a follower of Jesus Christ. Number one. That's the start. Have you started yet? Can you hear what I'm saying? Have you started yet? Because that's the beginning. The disciples did not start there. So come follow me. Are you tracking? Right, boys, let's go. Left everything physically. That's quite easy to do. Losing your life's not. Peter, living three and a half years. Left livelihood, relationships, living I'm Peter, nice to meet you. I'm going to walk on water. I'm, with the authority of God, going to cast out demons. Going to preach. And then I'm going to deny God. Like, anyone else see that as a problem? That you can walk on water, cast out demons, preach the gospel, but when you're asked to lose your life, you can't, so you deny God which means you break covenant commandment because you can't keep it. But you say you can. Why? Because you're still living. 
You can walk on water and still be alive, but what you can't do is keep the commandment. You can't, okay? You cannot keep loving this man like Jesus loves him until what? Say it. Until you've received love. And you can't receive love till you've lost you because you're in love with you and you're still the source of you. So you as the source cannot love like heaven. So you have to lose you through the power of the gospel. Love has to then enter into your deepest recesses of who you are because he has to smash your will to pieces. Then and only then are you fully able and capable to keep the very command of heaven. If we haven't started there, the Holy Spirit wants to take you there. He wants to take you there so then you're able to fulfill the greatest commandment in the entire scriptures, which is to love Him and mankind. Why? What is the context of the scriptures? Marriage, covenant, which means Jesus is looking for his equal, a mature people who can love like who? Christ. We've become one with the Messiah. That is the most important thing. I pray that you would be one. But it's spiritually. And so I've got to come and I've got to release you from you with my power. And then I've got to implant into you me to set you free from you. Which means you and I, the will aspect of us, has to be crucified. It can no longer live and love. It's not capable. Are you hearing this? Someone with me, are you hearing what I'm saying? This is like life and death. This is like the beginning of Christianity. This is like 101. The problem is we haven't been taught this stuff. How do you think you get people that signs and wonders raise the dead and prophesy and Jesus says, who are you? Like, why is that in there? It's in there to show you and I that the gifts are free. The gifts come in an immature state. The gifts and healing people, signs and wonders, are not your evidence you know God or love God. They are not. Peter did all of it, and he didn't love God. When he was asked to go and love the men, what did he say? Why can't I go with you? Did you not hear, Bronwyn, heaven's command? Go and love them. Why can't I go with you? Oh, man, let's replay this. Peter, where I'm going, you can't go right now. Okay? You will. Right now, you can't. What did Jesus know that Peter didn't know? Come on, guys. We know the outcome. What happened to Peter? Right, so Peter denied Christ. Do you think Christ knew that? Why? 
because he knew what was in the man, because he knew the man hadn't lost his life yet. So he knew love was not in him, because he hadn't lost him. So unless you lose you, you will not have love in you. If you don't have love in you, you can't lay your life down when it's asked upon. And God knew that. Hence he said, no, you can't come with me. I'm actually going to lead you into something that you can't do called keep the commandments so you figure out where you're really at. I want to show you where you're at. So I ask you to keep something you can't because you're telling me you're going to go to my death with me and you can't and I know you can't. But you're so dumb and deaf of hearing and thick because you're still full of pride and I'm trying to help. But all you're interested in is doing your own will because it's still living. And all of heaven stands in front of you going, no, stop. And it is reflective of the church today. It is. Guys, it is. What ought or kind of people are you to be? If you've been walking in Christ for like more than five years, what kind of disciple would you be? Well, please, you'd at least be one that's discipling somebody else, would you not? Do you know discipleship is a lost command or commission in the body? Because we're all too busy living for ourselves, which is the evidence of loving you and I. But this is really hard to hear if you're in flesh because you're starting to feel the squeeze, eh? What I'm saying is actually real and your will is starting to... I don't know if I like that. Yeah, feel it. Receive it. Allow it to pierce into and release you from you so you can actually start to live the life you've been called to. Because the first commandment, it ain't reach lost. It ain't prophesy. It ain't figure out your gift. It's not anything functional. It is fellowship with the Lord. And without that, forget it. We haven't even started. All we've got is function. And yes, there is function, but it is two. Peter was a man of function. And when God said to him, here's a fellowship commandment, he couldn't keep it. He didn't even hear it. It wasn't even on his radar. Why? Because he was all about Peter. He was not about God. But he thought he was. He thought he was. He thought he was. Do not think. He thought, you don't think like me. I'm God, not me. (laughs) You do not think like I think, full stop. That's why I've got to give you my mind. I pray you are biblically hearing what I'm saying because you will on your knees and start crying out, if this is not your reality. And you will start entering into something that I entered into 22 years ago called Jesus Christ. 
And it has radically shifted. I did not wake up like this that day. I was the sinner of sinners. I was wholeheartedly a sinner. I love my sin. I was not interested in Christianity. None of this stuff. What I did want is God to get me out of a jam again because it was the sixth time. Because I was using God to help me because I couldn't save or get out of me. And then God, in his infinite mercy, infinite mercy went, now's the time because before the foundation of the earth, you were called for me. Not Danielle, not Maddie, not Lily, not to get married, not to play football, not to do whatever. Me. Have you realized you were called for him? He is so kind with me, patient with Greg Simnor, who doesn't deserve any of it, outside of what? Love. And you taste that, and you, I saw that that day, and it turned me. All that happened to me was I got baptized with the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit, like Paul. Paul didn't have anything special. Can we seal that? Oh, on the road to Damascus, what happened? He just got blinded. That's all. And then this guy called Ananias comes up. He lays his hand on and he gets baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wasn't something special. Wasn't extraordinary that we can't... Oh, it says he got filled with the Holy Spirit. And power, which is in the Holy Spirit. So you can have the Holy Spirit and not have power of the Spirit. And it's weird because their power is in the Holy Spirit. But Jesus came full of the Holy Spirit and power. I promise you power. So go on on high. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit and the power came. Why is he mentioning power? Why doesn't he just get baptized in the Holy Spirit and take out the word power? Because there's power in the Holy Spirit. So you can receive the Holy Spirit, but not receive the power of the Spirit. And it's the power of the Spirit Paul got. And the Bible says he immediately went into the temple and started preaching Jesus Christ. Like literally, I'm coming to kill you. Now I'm preaching Jesus Christ. What happened? Oh, well, you know, I read a book and got some theory and... Thought I'd give it a go. No. Divine encounter, death, resurrected life through the piercing of the gospel. Because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And Paul said, I got crucified with Jesus Christ. I didn't hear a message about the man. I received the man himself. And when the man himself entered into here, I got crucified. Sorry. And I no longer live. My will got crucified in 1997. My mind doesn't get crucified. My mind is being what? Renewed, which means my body can just demonstrate what? The manifold wisdom of God on the earth. Are you getting it? The will is crucified. Many Christians' will is still alive and well. That's why you can't live this Christ-like life out, because you're still living. You've added Christ onto your life. He is not your life. 
He takes you there. He loves you. He's received what you've given him. Let's go follow me. Come on, three and a half years and you still haven't started. Hearing me. He loves you. You said this, but there's more for you that you do not yet know as you ought to know. So he's going, okay, you incorporated me into your life. Cool. I justified you by my blood. Now I've got to get in you. I've got to get in to the in. Hear that? i got to get into your in. Well, I quite like my in. I've got to undo your in. That was a word we got, was it not? It's in the booklet. Read it. I've got to undo your in, Joseph, so I can be in your in. And when I'm in your in, you're in my in, and we're now one. Now you can keep the thing I asked you to and prove you're my disciple by keeping the commandment. Because you start realizing it's a love commandment and it's a love covenant. So what is God doing until we arrive at that place? Thank you. With what? And what's he covering? Your inability to live something out that you're called for. And when you recognize that day, it's the most beautiful day. Because you stop trying. And everything I've said is positive. If you've heard anything negatively, you've heard it from the flesh. Everything in God is positive. Everything in God is for us. That doesn't mean your flesh knows that. Because the flesh doesn't want to get crucified. What does it do? The flesh responds in a myriad of ways. Shall I list them? It denies what it's heard. It justifies what it's heard. It deflects what it's heard. It ignores what it's heard. It runs away from what it's heard. It puts a distance between what it's heard, and it attacks what it's heard. Why? To keep itself alive. It's like right now, if a gunman walked in here with a gun, some of us are going to run. Yeah, Some of us are under the table, and there'd be some which would attack the gunman. All agree? No different in the spirit. When the Word of God turns up in a room and starts to declare the Word of God that created creation, this is how powerful it is, and the flesh goes, oh, it's time to die. Some leave, some hide. No, 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 there's only one biblical response to the Word of God. Do you know what it is? Repentance. Not I'm a bad boy. The things that Paul writes are really hard to understand. I'm not even going to try. And I don't want to distort the Scriptures like other people through trying and then bringing a reality that's not my Father. So I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to turn and I'm going to get the seat at his feet like Mary because the sister's busy with her own distractions. She's distracted by her own preparations. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to look into the eyes of love and say, I ain't got a clue. I'm in this much that you showed me this 10 years ago. This is revelation. This is all I've got. He says, that's cool, son. I want to show you all this because it all got written down before it all began for me to show you. 
You've been granted to know, Greg Simmel, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And you're called to live them out now because you're called to be in a godliness now in the future. My plans and my purpose for a nation are more than just this earth. They are more than reaching lost people, heaven and hell. I'm talking about divine, eternal kingdoms that we have been entrusted to govern with him because we're the commonwealth of Israel. Now, what I've just said is probably hard to understand in the mind, yeah? It didn't come to me through the mind. Everything that's written in that book came through direct revelation from the Spirit, the Heavenly Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Can you now get why this is so serious? So to try and hear what's being said through the mind and understand it is futile. You'll never see because that's not the way. And I didn't quite get to go where I was going to go which means you've got to come out tonight. So we're going to kill it, and we're going to have some questions. Some of the questions, like, what is godliness? Try and answer. I didn't get to releasing it, but I think we've got enough in us to give it a go. So just once again, nominate a person, work your way through. It's not about getting through all the questions. All they are is a guide to get us talking and sharing. And really, sometimes it's about getting what we think out so we can get what he wants to say in, which sets us free. If you have revelation, share it, because it's him. Amen? All right, let's go.